0: The words freedom and friendship came from the same root word. And along the way, they kind of veered apart, but they can't ever fully be separated. Freedom, like friendship, requires moral devotion. It's why Adam Smith put freedom at the very center of capitalism, a system that relies on exchange and cooperation while also fueling individualism. It is the beauty of capitalism when it is unspoiled. You get to be yourself, and you also get to be around other people who are being themselves. But lately, all of our communities are being swarmed by what our next guest refers to as the collective. You know the collective. You know it probably very well by now. It's the brainless mob of leftists destroying everything in its path. It ambushes uh, our lives. It uh, is the cancel culture, fake news, political correctness, immorality of every kind. It's the indoctrination of our children. They know better. The war on the police, the tyranny of the state, the godlike power of big tech. The collective is one enormous job of the hut made out of shrieking leftists. Don't get me wrong. It could be the right doing it, but it's not. The collective is coming from the left. It gets people fired for its nonsense. It destroys anything sacred. It mocks faith. It ruins family, love. It wants us to own nothing and promises that when we do, we will be happy. It burns down our cities all in the name of peace. We all remember the riots of 2020, and today's guest certainly does. The collective is a cult full of the same people who are the same. It has no soul, and it hates you that you do have a soul or that you are different. It hates the individual. It doesn't speak. It erases. Most of all, it's defined by its total lack of freedom. Today's guest understands that if we want future generations to live free, we have to defend liberty right now. He knows that freedom demands courage and rebellion. He's done it his entire life. It's what motivated him to write his latest book, Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia. His goal is, well, I would say it's simple, but no, it's not. Save America, restore liberty, rescue individualism before the plague destroys everything. What's the alternative? He talks a lot about courage in his book, and he is one of the most courageous men I know. Please welcome my good friend, Dave Rubin. Inflation is completely out of control, and we see that more than ever in the grocery store. Prices keep hitting all-time highs. New ones, hey, look, have you seen the price of meat lately? The highs for meat and seafood... Cooking and grilling at home used to be the way to save money, but uh, I mean, not eating is really the way to save money. Prices are up nearly 20%. If you're looking to save money without sacrificing quality and food, please check out Good Ranchers. As you know, I am a rancher, and the American rancher is about to go under. They are being killed, slaughtered on every front. Uh, How are they going to feed their animals? How are they going to sell their animals? And meanwhile, the big meat, what are they doing? They're buying them cheap, putting the ranchers out so who? Bill Gates can buy their land? Good ranchers, they're American ranchers, and they deliver American meat to your door. Not only has inflation gone up, but the amount of imported beef has gone up as well. That's another reason to shop the selection of 100% American meat. We have to have ranchers and farmers in our country. Right now, you can get $30 off their already low price by visiting GoodRanchers.com slash Glenn, G-L-E-N-N. You can do a one-time order, or you can subscribe and save an additional $25 on each box. Here's the secret. I don't know how they're going to stay in business. When you subscribe, your price will never go up for the life of your subscription. Try doing that at the butcher store or uh, at the grocery store. Not going to happen. Good Ranchers locks in that price if you subscribe. It's convenient, easy to manage. You're going to be torn between talking about how great the food is and how much money you have saved. $30 discount on prime steaks and better than organic chicken today. GoodRanchers.com/Slash Glenn. Save on the quality you're looking for. American meat. GoodRanchers.com/Slash Glenn. Is always welcome, Glenn. It is good
1: to be with you, my friend. Yeah. Are we going to talk about all the stuff that we talk about off camera? As well? <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to talk about everything.
0: <laughs> um, you've, you've got your book. Don't burn this country. And I want to start with a story, um, and I have a reason. It's not self-aggrandizing. I promise. Uh, I want you to start with a story that you included in the book about this document. I like um,
1: where you're going. I like when you bring props, my yeah.
0: friend. So that's Raoul Wallenberg, uh, Schutzpass, Pass. And you talk about it in the book. So I talked
1: about it because of a conversation that we had about a year and a half ago in this very building where you told me the whole story about Raoul Wallenberg. And the purpose of the book, really, and why I included the story, and we can dive into some of the details, is I want people to feel a little bravery again. Mm-hmm. I, I want people to be ready to do something good before it's too late. And I think if everyone looks back on these last two years, it's like, man, we let a lot of stuff go. We just kind of all of us. And I would include us, even even mm-hmm. the guys that talk about it for a living. Mm-hmm. And we're saying no mandates. And we we could have done more. You know, it's a little bit of not Schindler's. just hours. It got, is. You got me, man.
0: I think about that all the time. That How ending? many people could this ring have purchased?
1: That that, you know, I don't know how true, actually, I'm sure there was a little, a a little bit of a a poetic license at the end of Schindler's List. But you know, he thought it. But he had to have thought it, Mm -hmm. right? Because as he was saving these people, he could have always, you know, think of how many families got broke up right before he could get the wife or the child or the husband or whatever it might be. Um, So I include the story because we all did it. We all weren't ready. We all weren't ready when something came to our door, hey, we're locking you down, hey, we're doing mask mandates, hey, we're firing people from their jobs, we weren't ready to stand up. And it is not easy to stand up. Raul Wallenberg, it was not easy to stand up. And you have to be prepared for that. I, in the same chapter, I talk about Rudy Giuliani a little bit. And I was in New York during nine eleven, And Rudy, I mean... He, he saved the nation. He really oh, he did. did. If, if people remember, it's not that long ago. You know, it seems like a long time mm-hmm. ago. It's not that long ago, 20, 21 years, basically, that the whole nation felt like it was falling apart. There were those days where we were like, holy cow, is this country actually done? We have no idea what's that happening day, right now.
0: day, never, until recently, never felt this country could be gone in a day. And on September 11th through maybe maybe the 15th or so, I wasn't sure we were going to make it. Nobody knew.
1: Nobody knew. And I can tell you as someone that lived in New York City and I had a lot of family in New York City, I had friends staying in my apartments because they couldn't get to Long Island, couldn't get to the boroughs Mm -hmm. because everything was shut down. But Rudy, and this is the same sort of idea, Rudy was ready to lead. But it wasn't that he was ready to lead just like this. Mm -hmm. right? He wasn't ready to lead like out of nowhere. What did it come from? It came from fighting the mob for Mm -hmm. years as attorney general. It came from years worth of stuff, years worth of putting the work in to be ready for something that he wouldn't know that he Mm -hmm. needed to be ready for. And I think that's what all of us have to kind of be doing right now, because whatever just happened with covid that we seem to be somewhat out of, although I suspect uh, not fully. And (laughs) you've been writing a lot and talking Mm -hmm. a lot about some of the things that are coming down the pike. If we're if we think about it clearly, we'll be ready when the next crazy thing happens, when they tell us, oh, no, you can't drive on Wednesdays and Thursdays because of climate change Mm -hmm. or you should put masks back on because of this or that. We'll be ready, hopefully, to stand up a little bit more. You know, one thing I. I can tell you is that in this last two weeks since the book came out and I went on tour and I'm on planes every single day and I'm in all these different cities to suddenly go to airports where nobody's wearing a mask and people are smiling again and people are talking to nice. each other again. And you talk to the guy, mm-hmm. whether it's for four hours on a flight or you just mm-hmm. say hello. I mean, literally just say hello mm-hmm. when you sit down as opposed to just pretending it's not a human. Mm-hmm. But we all let it happen and we can't let that happen again. That, that that's really in some ways, even though I wrote the book a year and a half ago, that's yeah. really the message. And I didn't know exactly how dire it was going to get, but that really is it.
0: So I'm really concerned because there's a, there's a couple of things that um, I think mentally we have to prepare for. Cause I, I think the odds are decent that they will come through. Um, let me give you a couple of them and how do we prepare for them? Uh, one, I'm sorry, but something seems very wrong with the Ukrainian war thing. We keep upping. It's like we're begging for a war with Russia. And, um, you know, like I said, with the um, uh, COVID virus back in 2020 and in January of 2020, when they were still welding people in, I said, I think this is going to come, but it's not going to be. Nineteen nineteen. It's not going to be the bubonic plague. It's not going to kill a third of us. I don't think I said, but the ramifications of what we do and our economy are going to live on for a long time. Fear that the same thing here. I don't think we're going to nuclear war. I can't believe people are actually talking about it, but. We are probably going to get into war Mm -hmm. and the steps, the draconian things that this government can do to suppress. They'll say we're only doing this on social media because of Russians. We're only doing this because you're not supporting this particular program and we're at war. Those things uh, can come and be very draconian. We should prepare for that. Can how we come there here. Yeah, <laughs> Can but do come you think? Here. Do you think that we are on the eve of a, a major war? Well, it's interesting.
1: At some level, you could argue we're. At war right now. I mean, mm-hmm. I know war has not been declared, but mm-hmm. we also live in this very weird time where the Constitution is off. You know, yeah, usually off the side, just yeah. pushed aside where we go to wars, or remember mm-hmm. we had a kinetic military action yeah, in Libya yeah. because we didn't call it a war so that Congress mm-hmm. wouldn't have to give it authorization. So we do all these strange things. So it's partly, you know, do we just get lost in the technical term of what does war mean? What does any of this mean? I mean, by any. I think, standard definition or obvious de facto definition of Mm -hmm. war, we're at war. Mm -hmm. When you sanction the hell out of a country and then somehow, I mean, just going by what Joe Biden and the administration are saying, if in effect, this is Putin's price hike at the pump, then you could argue that is an act of war. Now, I don't think it's Putin's price hike, Mm -hmm. right? I think this is the ineptitude of our our, our own government. Mm -hmm. But if in essence, what the administration is saying is, oh, this country is able to radically affect our economy by you know, turning down the oil, doing mm-hmm. other financial measures, well, we're on top of that. We're we're arming people, right? We're sending them billions of dollars of assistance and military. Four point seven,
0: then thirteen billion, and now thirty three billion dollars.
1: Glad am I nuts, or could we use some of that money here? I know yeah. that's not how the yeah. whole system works. I know. I know that's not how the game works. But do you think? I know, but but that I think is is sort of a more interesting part. It's not necessarily whether we're at war or, or not, because. We, we are, in effect, yeah. we are at war one way or another. And yes, is there always this idea out there, basically, like, the guy's got nukes. The guy right. has nukes. Yeah, yeah. You corner him, and who the hell knows what's going to happen. Right. But what I'm more interested in is just sort of, and I think this is what you're getting to, this sort of, like, slow descent into endless craziness. Like look how quickly we moved from COVID to to state of the union. We're talking about war for the, we're talking about war and not war for the first half hour, no masks in the room. The next day Biden's outside with masks. And it's like, If you stayed roughly sane in these last couple of years, and by the way, my friend, you are on the short list of people that I know. If you stayed just ballpark sane, you don't have to be super sane, but if you stayed roughly sane, if you didn't throw all your values out the window, if you weren't screaming that people had to be injected with things and demanding other people Uh be fired and calling for war in a country that you had never heard of before, and we could go on and on with Uh a zillion Uh examples calling for people to be censored and all of this stuff. If you didn't do all that, you're pretty much OK in my book right now. And those are the people that I think we have to keep finding and talking to and, and giving a little of that bravery.
0: Yeah, because it's really a little of this. I don't know. I mean, you know, we've talked about ESG and everything else is coming. Yeah. It is draconian. The DHS, let's talk a little bit about the DHS. What are they calling it? The uh, misinformation board? Yeah,
1: the, I think it's disinformation. disinformation yes, board. it's unclear to me what the difference between those two things are. That but I think is disinformation. Incredible.
0: Yeah. Incredible. I mean, we are living in 1982.
1: Glenn, you're a man of history. Uh, The First Amendment. Uh, What is it again?
0: Speech, assembly, uh, religion, petition. There's another one I can't remember. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'll
1: take that. Um, The idea that the government literally in the last day from us recording this right now has put together... This ministry of truth in essence. I it mean is. we are in 1984. They have decided. I mean, this is it's so close. I mean, this is what they're doing with everything. They get so close to breaking all the rules mm-hmm. that it puts us in a position where we it's hard to figure out what the rules are. So for the last two years, how many times has Jen Saki got up in those press conferences and said, yeah. We flag posts for mm-hmm. Facebook. Well, okay. So what does that mean? Well, it doesn't, I, I suppose that's not directly the government saying we're going to infringe on free speech, but it's pretty damn close. What do mm-hmm. they mean by flag? Mm-hmm. Are they applying some sort of pressure to Facebook? Do the executives at Facebook, when they get the call from the administration, do they just feel that they have to do things or maybe they're going to be punished in other ways? you want to
0: talk about a power dynamic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got a call from the White House. They'd like us to look into these people and say maybe they're not so great. Do you think you might?
1: Imagine if you imagine if the guys at the blaze got a call from the White House and they said, boy, you guys have been putting out some scary stuff and we're not telling you what to do. uh, But we are concerned about that. And we just want to let you know about that. Now, is that a veiled threat? Is that a direct assault on free speech? So the idea that they are now putting together and not only. It's not just that they're putting it together. Who's it? It's being backed by Hillary, right? Oh, She's yeah. sending these tweets. Obama's really into it. The mm-hmm. same people who've lied to us about everything, yeah. lied to us about COVID, lied to us about Brett Kavanaugh being a serial rapist, lied to us about Jesse Smollett, lied to us about very fine people on both sides, Donald Trump, lied to us about the Russia hoax, lied to us about Biden's laptop. I mean, I'm going to run out of fingers yeah, here. Know. So they lie about everything. Then a few of us are like, hey, guys. Uh, Two years later, everything we keep saying turns out to be true. Now we got to watch out. We got to censor that. That's why this Elon Musk thing is so interesting right now.
0: So tell me about that.
1: I mean, look, the world's richest man, a man who not only, you know, started SpaceX and Tesla, the guy Mm -hmm. shot a Tesla. He took a car and shot 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 it it into space to put it in orbit just for fun. I know. Um, And that sounds, I guess that sounds crazy or why is he doing these things? But the point is, the guy is, he is the true innovator of our time. Like nobody, he's the Tesla, he's the Tesla of our time. He is. Right. He's the Nikola Tesla of our time.
0: And he may be more of a business guy than the actual dreamer of the technical, um, you know... Right, so Tesla, himself, right. Yeah. so Tesla
1: himself was the latter, right? Correct. So Tesla himself was the inventor. His business is actually, although that had a lot to do with Edison and, also. And-,
0: and I think, you know, there's, there's, there's two pop culture things I'd love to get your read on. Yeah. One is Elon Musk. I don't even know where he stands politically. I know we disagree, I'm sure, on a ton of things. I'd vote for that guy in a heartbeat <laughs> because... He sees over the horizon on what can be. Yes. And he recognizes we're not living in 1973 anymore. Okay. Everything has changed. Let's go this way. And he seems unafraid
1: that's what you need more than anything else. And have we ever need, certainly in my lifetime, I don't remember ever needing it more. The idea that there's someone out there going, guys, there's something over there. There's something over there. You don't have to stare down all the time and and be beaten by this system that constantly wants you to bow to it. Oh, there's a new horizon over there. You know, a few weeks ago on my show, I think it was the day that he made that announcement. Uh, I said, we are entering the post woke world and Mm -hmm. I think it's starting to develop right now. Mm -hmm. I think something is starting to shift. And if you look at the reaction, you don't even have to look at what the guy is doing because we don't know what he's doing. I mean, this is the funny part. He hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything. Except
0: I'm going to say, I'm going to open up for free speech.
1: Now, the problem with that, of course, is that the lefties think, at least the modern lefties think that the neutrality of speech is violence right so if you were to right. say they believe that unless you're actively policing speech enough to pr- to protect their supposed marginalized groups that that in and of itself is an act of violence mm-hmm. he's saying hey say what you want he's, and by the way he's not saying first off they haven't come up with the policies yet that's right. that's number one the deal's not even dried yet mm-hmm. right so he's got to figure out some of that stuff but in essence all he's saying is hey let's all be here and let's let's have as much open discourse as we could. That's but he's what saying we all thought legal, we had 20 years ago. Right.
0: Yeah. But he's saying legal, legal free speech. You can't say well, these people are on MSNBC and every, and they're saying, uh, you know, I getting rape threats and death. <laughs> <right>. That's illegal. <laughs> Off, That's illegal. I would welcome anyone watching this to
1: take a look at Glenn Beck's mentions on Twitter or take a look at Dave Rubin's mentions right. on Twitter. People say a lot of bad things, mean things to us all day long. Yeah. And guess what? When they're when they're genuinely violent, usually it gets deleted by Twitter. Mm-hmm. And once in a blue moon, I've had to report things that Correct. I thought were genuine, right. genuine threats. But yes, you're allowed to say mean things and you're not going to believe this. Do you but know? not illegal things. No, not, not illegal things. But do you know about the block button? There's a button that you can press. What? And then other people... People can't uh,
0: see your stuff. How anymore. self-unaware were they when they said, you know, Elon Musk, he could just, he could just ban people and no one would even know. Almost as if they've been doing this. <laughs> they
1: self-diagnose all the time. Is that the most extraordinary thing that extraordinary. we've seen? Extraordinary. Like that they, it's, conf, it's confession through projection. Yeah, it is. Uh, that's a great phrase that my friend Viva Fry came up with, I think, that they, they constantly are telling you what they're doing, oh, and they're telling you that, that you're, you're the doing, one doing it. it. You,
0: I, <laughs> you, you know, have to admire it. <laughs> I've, been, I've been saying this since uh, the Tides Foundation. I tried to get a bunch of conservatives to make a clean model of the Tides Foundation. Yeah. Okay, Fund all these groups. Just do it cleanly. Okay, Because I noticed every time they would say, they're doing this, <laughs> I'd go to the map of the Tides Foundation. I'd go, oh, it's right there. They... They always project what they're doing right now. Donald mm-hmm. Trump, he's saying stolen election. Do you think they're not going to be claiming that this fall? Glenn, do you remember the four years <laughs> that he I was know, president? I'm pretty sure <laughs> I just a read a few <laughs> people were saying he was inil- an <gasps> illegitimate. I just president. read a poll that yeah. the majority of Democrats still believe Hillary Clinton won 2016. And don't get started with Al Gore. So what can we do? And that
1: that really is the purpose of the book. What can we do? I think, as Jordan Peterson would say, you have to give the devil his due. These people have done a tremendous amount of damage to the country for all of our good efforts, for all of the people that have been fighting this, whether in their own personal life or at at a professional level or, or as broadcasters or whatever. They've done a tremendous amount of damage. They've destroyed the institutions, educational institutions, mm-hmm. political institutions, Everything. cultural institutions. They infected these things like Disney. They they did that. And we have to sit there and acknowledge that and go, man, that that is real. And they did it. And they did it on our watch. And we didn't stop it. We we might have tried to stop it, but, but we didn't. So what can we do? We have to separate from them. And I, I really mean that. Now, I, I mean it sort of geographically. I mean it. I mean, it personally, I mean, it philosophically, they're not going to stop. They may lose a little momentum right now. It does feel like they're losing momentum, but they are not going no, not to stop. stop.
0: They, they are. I, I am convinced they are. If I can't have you, no one will. Yeah. Um, the um, what do you mean by them? Let's let's define yeah. them. So I would say
1: the the woke set of people. So what really is that? So the people who have taken the time-tested bad ideas of socialism, so you've got sort of like, like the you have the economic version of it, so you have like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie. So okay, mm-hmm. the bad ideas of economic socialism that we know don't work, that often cause all sorts of killing in all sorts of other places, but mm-hmm. they want to inject that here and it never really works. Okay, fine. You have them and then what they did and this was this was the magic trick that the that the wokesters really pulled off. Bernie started coming in with all the uh, socialist ideas and started getting this sort of populist mm-hmm. ra- you know rage mm-hmm. behind him. And some of it was warranted, by the mm-hmm. way, because the system was so broke. Oh, yeah. So that populism made sense, right? You may disagree with the economics, so right. So guys sure. like us, we disagree with the economics, but the sort of main message of something's really broke and we've mm-hmm. got to sort of fix it. That kind of makes sense. So that was kind of moving along. And then the wokesters, the people who took. Cultural socialism or cultural Marxism, the idea that equity comes before equality and that your skin color and your gender and your sexuality and your uh, if you're able or uh, unable, whatever they want to call it, that all of these things, they combine that into something that was was a really sort of disgusting monster that then caused all of the cancel culture. It infected all the institutions. And I've long been arguing. It's a very sad thing for me to be arguing. But my first book, which was a defense of classical liberalism, which I still think is the, the right set of ideas in a sane world. They, they infected the liberals. Liberals used to stand for free speech. They do not anymore. No. They used the tolerance, the soft underbelly of the liberals which liberals put tolerance at the highest pinnacle, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a problem because then, of course, as you know, you become tolerant of intolerance. And they got in, they infected all of these things, and and they're not going to stop. So Disney, look, Disney lost $41 billion in the last three weeks. And why did it lose it? Because they've been infected, and then one man, Ron DeSantis, said no more. And that that I love, the idea that one man... Elon Musk is one man. Now he may be an extraordinary person and he's the Tony Stark of our time. And it's hard to imagine a guy sending mm-hmm. Teslas into space, but he's one guy, one guy who could have done whatever he wanted. If he wanted to put his family on a rocket tomorrow and disappear from earth and all of our mortal problems gone, he mm-hmm. could do it. But instead he got into the biggest fight possible, the free speech fight. Elon Musk is one guy. Ron DeSantis is one guy. Judge Mizell, the 35 year old female Trump appointed judge in Tampa who just said, nope, no more mask mandates. And then what happens? Everybody rips them off. COVID isn't going crazy for the last two mm-hmm. weeks. One woman. So we just need the individual to say no to the machine. And, and well, then, it is starting yeah. to.
0: It, it is starting to happen. You know, yeah. we've, uh, I've been saying, where is Churchill? Where? Where? Where is even an FDR that we imagine him to be? You know what <laughs> right. I mean? Where are the great leaders? And we're starting to see them appear. And you know, it's um, it may be part of that old. Um, Expression that uh, strong men make good times, good times make weak men, weak Weak men men. make bad times. We've been in bad times, and it's these times that are now forging real men, real people of character, men or women, but real people of character and courage.
1: So I was at a event a couple weeks ago, a Prager U event that uh, Governor DeSantis spoke at and, you know, he goes up there and he just does his spiel and if you listen to it, it's just common sense, right? its He's not saying anything extraordinary. We're not going to let our kids be infected with racism in the name of non-racism. We're not going to indoctrinate kids to think that they're the gender that they're not like basic stuff that we all knew five years ago. And this guy that I sort of know came up to me after and he said, man, to just hear a little bit of honesty was so incredible. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what we've all been starved from. Mm -hmm. We've been, we've been starved. They have done our politicians and our, and our media, our mainstream corporate press, whatever you want to call it, it, they've been in such dereliction of their duty. Everything that they say, everything. When when you and I wake up and we have to cover stories on our show, it's like, man, they lied about this, they lied about this, they lied about this, they lied about this. And then we have to spend so much time cleaning up lies that then yep. by the time we clean it up, there's a new set of lies. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, when I talk about a separation, what I mean is, if, if you've already been fully brainwashed by MSNBC, if you've been fully brainwashed by the New York Times, it's not that we shouldn't try to rescue as many of those people as possible. Uh-huh. And I have great sympathy for them. It's, it's sad. That it's a horrible way to live. It's a horrible way to live to be completely bamboozled, uh-huh. completely bamboozled because an entire system was set up to
0: bamboozle you so to ultimately take your stuff and make you. Again, uh, they diagnose that there is a, a, a system that is of oppression. While they're building that system of oppression, it's crazy.
1: You got to admire it. It's a little, right? You do uh, one of the things I talk about in the book is that in the original, I think it was 1977 or 79 alien movie, the first alien movie. What does the doctor on the ship admire? He admires the alien. Now, why does he admire the alien? Not because the alien is good. He admires the alien because it is mercilessly doing what it set out to do. It is killing everyone on that ship and it has no remorse and it has no morality and it's doing it. And everyone on the ship is being killed. And Ripley is Sigourney Weaver is like, what are you talking about? But he's gone. I admire it for the for the beauty of the of that. Mm-hmm. And you shouldn't admire what it's doing. And that's what I mean about the devil giving the devil his due with these people. They've done a lot of that. But now we can see it. So it's like, you know what? If you're watching this and your kid is 17 and he's a junior in high school, maybe don't go $100,000 into debt so that he can get a degree in 18th century lesbian uh, Mm -hmm. archery or something. You know, like maybe don't do that. Um, And if you don't do that, you will actually start building a new world. Mm-hmm. We have to let some of these things go. And that's, that's I think, what the tension is right now. The internet changed things in such a incredible way that we cannot fathom. We simply cannot fathom it. So there's a tension between, we're 20 years into, say, social media inter- mm-hmm. version of the internet, and all these tensions of new world and old world, and the fact that our leaders, our political leaders, They're geriatric, and these people are supposed to retire. Nancy Pelosi should be a grandmother. Joe Biden should be in a home. But instead, they're still holding on, and we need, say, a
0: 43-year-old guy from Florida who's just given us some common sense. Yeah. It's amazing to me how old this Congress is, and it is, it, It again, it goes to the era, I think, that they were raised in, that hippie generation of me, 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 it's all about me, they cannot let go of power because it is all about them. It's 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 they have no faith in the next generation. You know, by the time you get to be, you know, I'm 57, 58. You might get here. You're starting to look at the next generation and going, that's great. I want to help that. I want to help these people, blah, blah, blah. They're not doing that. They're still iron fisting. We're the. We, it, nothing's changed since 1960. You know, get out of your house, get out of Washington, and see the world. It's dramatically. What do you, what do you think
1: sits behind that? What do you think sits behind that? Do you think that they actually think that they failed as a generation in, in a certain way? That if they really were looking in the mirror, they might go, "Man, we we set up our kids." to not know how to do any of this so so they feel this undue pressure that's on them. Now I don't think I don't think you don't they think self- they're that no they're yeah. self aware no yeah. way. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So you think it's just this endless quest for power. Someone like Pelosi who is you know she's eight, whatever she is she's 81 or something. Yeah. She's running for re-election again. This woman who single-handedly destroyed San Francisco. Almost single-handedly. I'll give Gavin Newsom <laughs> some credit, you know. So and they're sort of related, right? right? So they're in tandem. Um but you know she's running for re-election again. Joe Biden, we know, everyone knows there is something wrong there, right? I'm not a doctor. I'm not Dr. Jill Biden, but we all know there's something wrong. We all, you watch him wander around when he gets out of the helicopter and it looks like he's going to fall at any moment and then the hip goes and yada, yada, yada. Of course, then we end up with Kamala and Pelosi. So you got you to gotta yeah. be careful. And and either way, even if I disagreed with all of their policies, which at, at this point I do, He's still the pilot of the plane. I still want the country to be in good shape. I I don't take any pleasure in this. You know, Mm -hmm. we can we can make some silly jokes, but the fact that they refuse to let go, they refuse. You know, our generation, right? So you're sort of. Do you consider yourself at the sort of the top end of Gen X? Right. Yeah. Right. So you're sort of the
0: last year of the uh, boomer. So okay. So you're last
1: year of boomer, right into Gen X, and I'm and I'm forty five, so I'm sort of square in the middle of Gen Mm -hmm. X. So basically between you at 57, 58, and then a little younger than me, say 40, roughly 40, those are the people that should be in charge. You have a little bit of yes. knowledge. you have. A, your body is still working yes. properly. Your mind is still working properly. Right. You're still interested in new things, but you appreciate the old things. Correct. This is where we should be.
0: Alas, and none, of us, <laughs> do and we and we none of us are running it. Yeah. Very few of us are running yeah. it. The ones that are all in charge... Should have retired 20 years ago. Yeah. How are we in the most, in the age of the biggest advances of all of human history? We're going back to people who were born in 1938?
1: Well, let's go and give the people the good version of this, which is... Elon Musk just yeah. got in the game. He's somewhere in that age group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ron DeSantis in the game, somewhere in that age yeah. group. Uh, the judge, Judge Mazel, who I just mentioned, thirty-five. I mean, she's even younger. Yeah. So there is something shifting. The question is, how much damage can these people do as they let go so, of power? And that gets to the disinformation thing that you're talking about. Who's bringing right. this in? It's
0: it's Hillary. So there's there, yeah. there's a couple of things here on on this. Um, let me finish the other example. We had war. The other example is. When the Supreme Court comes back, if they come back with abortion, they come back the way I think they may come back. Yeah. The left is going to go insane and they will do everything they can to pack the court. Follow that with an election. If they don't win, they'll burn the country down. You know, they, they will go insane. How do we What do we do to prepare for these eventualities that they may not hopefully don't happen, but.
1: Well, it's a great question. I would say partly you should do what I did, which is make sure you live in a place that is somewhat aligned with your values. Tell me the difference in that. Oh man. I mean, I lived in Los Angeles, California, a place that at one time even Glenn Beck wanted to live because the weather is pretty great. And there was something cool in Hollywood Mm -hmm. at one time before it went Mm -hmm. bananas. You know, it's seventy-five and sunny every single day, and that's that's pretty good. That ain't yeah. nothing, you know. Um, but over the eight years that I was there, first three years was fine, and then it start. You know, then you'd see a little more homelessness, a little more drug use on the street, little more crime. But then COVID comes, and next thing you know, there's rioting on the streets, broken windows everywhere, lockdown, extraordinary. You know, just endless lockdowns. It was it was lockdown after lockdown after lockdown. Mm-hmm. Coupled, I mean, the one that really sort of set me off was the when the woman, her name is Sheila Cool, she's just a, a Los Angeles city councilwoman, when she was the deciding vote, three to two, to shut down outdoor dining in Los Angeles, but she knew it wouldn't kick in for 24 hours, so yeah. where did she go yeah. right after doing it? She went to her favorite outdoor Italian restaurant in Santa Monica. Actually, the very next day, I attended a protest at her house. I don't like the idea of protesting at people's Mm -hmm. houses. That's where they happen to do it. That's where I signed the recall for Gavin Newsom, which you had to do by hand. You couldn't even do it online in the middle of a pandemic. That's how they were really trying to make sure that you wouldn't, that we wouldn't get this thing through. You had to do it by hand. And if your pen, if your pen touched either the line above or line below, that would automatically disqualify you. I mean, they did everything possible to keep the machine going. But what I realized in Los Angeles as riots were literally going by my house as I was being doxxed and people were showing up at my house and I didn't have faith that the police were going to do anything. Yeah. And I got guns for the first time and all of these things. I mean, my ideas got put to the test, right? Yeah. Yeah. They really did. And I'm, I'm very proud actually that I, that I, I Held. went, I went where I was supposed to go. I, yeah. I mean that, I mean that physically, but I mean it mentally also yeah. that I, I went to the end of the road of the ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I tried to stay. I said, I'll fight our friend, Larry Elder. I, I campaigned with him. The recall obviously didn't that go the been right
0: been way. W- Game changing.
1: You know, I'll tell you, a lot of people don't know about this. You know who funded the most, it's in the book, most of the ads against Larry Elder uh, was Reed Hastings. Reed Hastings, the CEO of Netflix. So Netflix, another thing that's crumbling right now wow. under its own woke nonsense. Every time you turned on YouTube, for if you lived in Cali uh, during the recall, it were the, the worst attacks on Larry. White supremacist, all all the usual nonsense. One of the best human beings I've ever met. I, I mean, oh, I I, you, 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 you could only hope to be as mm-hmm. good as this man. Um, but it was YouTube CEO, uh, sorry, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings doing this. And now Netflix is crumbling under wokeism, too. So something is shifting. But to fully answer your question. So then three months ago, I moved to Florida. And man, the second the plane was landing, the second and I was sitting in the cockpit. I have a good friend who hooked us up so I wouldn't have to put my dog mm-hmm. you know, down below. So we yeah. were on a private plane. And I'm sitting in the cockpit, and I kid you not, as that plane landed, I felt something lift off me. I had been living, people. that's what people people don't realize. When you are living in a place that is really out of whack with your views. When I'd walk into a supermarket, and I would try not to wear a mask, and I'd get yelled at, and then I'd put it on, and then I'd put it below my nose for a second, I'd get yelled at again. And it just never ended. And people didn't want their dogs to say hi on the street. I mean, it really was a, it was a mental condition more. I was always more worried about the mental virus than the the actual virus. I really was, especially, especially after the two weeks, I grant everybody a a long leash on those first two weeks.
0: Even Um, I'll even give you a a month, six weeks. I'll even give you that. After that, there's a problem here.
1: Well, after that, then what did they keep saying? They kept saying, well, welcome to the new normal. And yes. that's when I knew something really Something's was wrong. afoot. Because it's like, wait a minute, you guys just conceded a whole bunch of stuff. You just let go of you know, a couple thousand years of churning through a lot of good ideas mm-hmm. to the new normal. Yeah. And we'll sit alone in our room right. all day long and pretend that we're it was,
0: It was the new normal. Then it became the Great Reset, and yeah. then it was the new normal again. <laughs> there was a very short period, and that's when I started getting on the Great Reset. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they all saying the Great Reset? Why is that happening? Because we're never going to go back to what we think is normal at all. you ever get tired of being ahead of the curve? Does it uh, ever yeah, Does it I do, wear? actually. But you,
1: um, you don't drink. That's the I the You don't I, drink. I
0: wasted all those blackouts. <laughs> don't do that. Um, uh, let me... Uh, the reason why I brought up courage at the very beginning is because I have, I have so enjoyed our friendship and so enjoyed watching you. Um, uh, At one point, um, some conservative said to me, you, you can't do anything with Dave Rubin. You can't, this is like, Right after, you know, the first yeah. time I'm on your show and I'm yeah. like, Dave, we have a lot in common, but we still didn't trust each yeah. other. And um, they said, uh, uh, you don't, don't trust him. You can't trust. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, first of all, he's, he's pro-choice. <laughs> and I said, uh-huh. So was I for a long time. Um, and I said, You watch. I said, he has the intellectual curiosity and courage to travel down that road all the way to the end. And he's not going to be stopped by, I don't want to believe that. I don't want You know what I mean? Yeah. That takes tremendous courage. Tell me about that journey that you have taken and the times. Have you hit a time where you're like, oh, crap, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to believe that.
1: I think everyone has that moment. If if you're going to be honest about the issues and if you're going to really If you have some factory settings, Mm -hmm. right, if you have those factory settings of just sort of default leftism, which is Mm -hmm. what most people in America grow up with, culture just teaches you this sort of basic set of binaries that don't really make any sense. Mm -hmm. Democrats are good. Republicans are bad. Lefties are for peace. And, you know, people on the right care about war. These people care about poor people. These people care about money. It's just a bunch of nonsense. But the entire culture, our movies, our TV, all of the stuff teaches you that. Now, I do think that's starting to shift because of all the reasons that we're talking about. but if you're going to honestly go down the road and I think the thing that put me on the map was I just was willing to do it. I don't know where that comes from. Right. So I don't know fully where I was, why I was just willing to do it. But I guess what it
0: was, was wait, can we stop there for a second? Yeah. That concerns me. I was talking to a a very well-known capitalist, um, who is just a, a rule breaker, you know, a small version of Elon Musk. And, um, he said, Glenn, What have we been teaching people? Everybody gets a trophy. There's no losers. There's no risk. You could get hurt. Don't worry. I'll protect you. He said this generation is completely incompatible with a free market, with success. With reality. With reality. It won't work because they won't. For you to say, you're a risk taker. For you to say, "Ah, I got to rethink things. That is, to me, that was one of the biggest risks I've ever taken because I'm afraid, what will I believe in the end? What do I believe? Is my life based on lies? Uh, Where is it going to take me? You know nothing when you start on the journey you were on.
1: Well, part of it was that I guess I just trusted my instinct. A good buddy of mine, uh, my my best friend now in life, uh, who's been acting as my tour manager on this tour, we met the first day of kindergarten. And I remember Mm -hmm. meeting him in kindergarten class. You've met Mm -hmm. him. And my buddy John. And he always said to me, Dave, you have to trust your gut until it goes so horrifically awry that you then can rethink things. And I think that really got me when he said it to me at some point. Mm -hmm. I was probably drunk at 19 or something when he said Mm -hmm. it to me. But it really stuck with me. And so when that Larry Elder moment, when that famous moment when Larry Elder and I... Got into it about systemic racism, and now it's been seen probably a hundred million times. And you know, uh-huh. black conservative uh-huh. destroys libtard, and they always put, <laughs> they always put libtard in caps, and it hurts, man, it hurts. But when that moment happened, when that moment happened, and I didn't, I didn't edit it out, right? I told my guys, we must leave it in, we must. That's yep. that. something real happened. All my entire staff at yep. the time, because I was on a network, it was before I was independent. They said, no, we got to take that. And I said, no, we have to. I just, it just something came out of me. I just said, no, we got to do it. Well, once that moment happened, that was the first part of getting over the hump but then what happened subsequently after well then I said alright I've talked to this Larry Elder guy I was told he was a bad dude let me see if I can talk to some of these other supposedly bad dudes and I talked to Ben Shapiro and I talked to Dennis Prager and then I talked to Glenn Beck and then next thing I know even though I mean the first time you came in we, we debated death penalty mm-hmm. we debated abortion mm-hmm. I'm sure a few other things mm-hmm. um, I do think and I'm happy to talk about anything obviously with you uh, that our, our differences have Definitely narrowed. narrowed for sure, um, but what I realized was when you walked out of my house that day, not only were you were nice guy, but it was like you reveled in the idea that we could have some differences. You loved it. You, yeah, you, you absolutely loved it. I it mean, the, sharpens the knife, and that's the interesting cool. one. So in in the first book, um, you know, most of my audience is conservative at this point. Mm. That that just is what it is. Um, I take a begrudging pro choice stance because I believe that you have to have a few weeks. I'm not denying that it's life so I'm not denying science trust me I as mean, you were the same no, I think I know. we're the same place which for you is <laughs> is is harder even than me because of of some of the base of support but but otherwise what are we I know if we refuse to say what we I think I get
0: to a point David and I think we've talked about this on other issues I get to a point to where I don't know how to solve it Yeah You know what I mean I am not going to look at my daughter who has been violently raped and she just couldn't bring herself to tell me about it for eight weeks and just hoping, because that's what people do, yeah, hoping it will go away. Yeah. I, I will say to my daughter, honey, it's life. The baby it did not do that. However, I am not going to condemn you because I'm not in that situation. And I may pay for that at the golden gate. He may say, you know what? That was wrong. But I don't know how to balance my compassion uh, uh, along with, you know, um, my conviction that it is life. And so you get to a point to where you're like, it's it's as far as I can go to where I can personally say, I would do this. And I know I wouldn't condemn my daughter. I wouldn't. I would advise. I would hope I'd hold her hand. I'd be with her. Every step of the way, I wouldn't probably go for the abortion, but I probably would think about it if she was like horribly raped and horribly scarred. I probably I probably would. So what you're doing right
1: there is a very honest thing that we all do, except our politics isn't very good at, which is you're you're acknowledging that your heart and your head meet somewhere. Yeah. And somewhere where they meet sometimes is a little closer to the heart. You're thinking of your daughter. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a little closer to the head where you're thinking, mm-hmm. but this is still a life and I believe it's a life. And we don't have to go too far down the road of of all of the things about yeah. abortion, but I can tell you that, you okay. know, as you know, we're we're going through surrogacy right mm-hmm. now. And when you do IVF they take a sperm and they take an egg. I know this is very controversial mm-hmm. for the lefties because it involves yeah, science.
0: Well, man can, you know, lay man, eggs too. Really i mean, guess. men can <laughs> lay eggs, it's a whole thing. Um,
1: but they put <clears> these <throat> things together, okay? And then literally one day later, they can tell you if it's a male or female. Now, how can you possibly tell me that it is not life if my doctor who either he's either a mad scientist and a complete psychopath, or he's actually a pretty damn good fertility doctor. We don't have to do
0: that for humans. Yeah. Yeah, We talk about, is there life on Mars? Yeah. Okay. We're talking microscopic life, but we call it life. Anyway, um, you have, uh, you've, I don't know how to phrase this cuz you were I believe you were an atheist then you were yeah. agnostic yeah. which I think is the best honest position you know you can never prove or whatever. Yeah. Um and now you've rediscovered your faith but you've yeah. always been receptive to the rituals of yeah. faith, right? Yeah. Um but do you actually now recognize God and the miracles of you know, Moses and all that stuff? Or where are you on that? I,
1: I can tell you as we're doing this only, what, two weeks after Easter and Passover, I can tell you that doing the Seder with my family, which Jews have been doing for thousands and thousands yeah, yeah, of yeah. years, and it had a little something to do with that Last yeah. Supper that that Jesus guy was part of, um, that I really felt something this year that, I, that, not that I hadn't felt before, but something that felt much more meaningful to me, which was the truth I was getting from the story The four questions, all of it—the truth I was getting from that of what Exodus means, of of freedom. I mean, the Passover story is the ultimate story of freedom, in essence. It is fighting, fighting a tyrant. First
0: anti-slavery message. It it is the. It is the
1: story that if if the left in America was honest about what their what they really if they're really about freedom, that's the story they should be telling, but they mm-hmm. hate that story because mm-hmm. it's attached to religion, right? And they think religious people are backwards and everything else. But when the when <laughs> the Seder ended, I actually I turned to my dad, I said, Man, this had more truth in it than anything we hear in a in a modern context. We are bludgeoned with nonsense. We can do yeah. all of it. The boys are girls, the yeah, two yeah. plus two is five, all of the stuff. We are bludgeoned with such irrelevant Confusing, intentionally conflating nonsense all the time that those things there's a reason i could do it from a jewish perspective that there's a reason that jews are still here it doesn't make a Mm -hmm. lot of sense actually there's an awful lot of cultures Mm -hmm. that have been through far less that are all gone Mm -hmm. somehow despite pogroms and inquisitions and holocausts that were only two generations Mm -hmm. off of Somehow there's still some Jews here and it had something to do with believing in something and keeping those traditions alive and all of those it things. It
0: also had something to do with universal truth that maybe you didn't even understand at the time. But it's there either washing, way. that washing yes. your hands. Yes. The reason why the Jews were some in some places blamed for the plague is because they weren't getting sick. Yeah. Because they were washing their hands yeah. out of respect for God. You yeah. know what I mean? God told us to do that. Everybody else was not. There, there are not eating certain foods that, yeah, that got people are Universal sick. Yeah. truths that um that are are just true. Um,
1: Can I give you one other line on, yeah. on the God thing that I think yeah. is very powerful? Maybe you saw this um you know, obviously as you know, I toured with with Jordan Peterson yeah, yeah. and he would often ask, people would always ask him, but do you really believe in God? What do you really believe? And Jordan's best answer on this, I think, is is probably something that regardless of whether you're a Mormon or a Jew or an evangelical Christian or something that we can all kind of get on, which is he said that when he was in his early 20s, he started telling the truth for truth's sake in that he believed that if he told the truth, not that necessarily good things would happen, but it would be the best outcome no matter what, that automatically by definition, by the very virtue of saying something true, it would have to be better than saying something that was a lie. So if you thought you could lie for a good reason, No, that ultimately truth for truth's sake. And then he said, and this is the part that brings it to faith. He said, that's the ultimate act of faith because there's no reason, there's no logical reason to say, oh, I believe in truth and I'm gonna say the truth and thus, that's gonna do Correct. something good. So so saying truth matters is an act of faith if you if you actually act it out. Now, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that, that I do that every second of the day. Mm-hmm. I try my damnedest, mm-hmm. I really do, and I think I'm doing a better job of it mm-hmm. now than I've ever done in my life. But that notion, and then you can attach that to whatever your religious beliefs are, whatever your religious stories are, whatever your traditional stories are mm-hmm. and your family's practices and things like that. I think if you can do some version of putting those things together, You'll, you'll be to get back to where we started. You'll be roughly sane.
0: Yeah. Let me, let me take you to uh, something. I did a chalkboard the other day um, on the slippery slope of how we have quickly gotten here. And I tried to explain this to my daughter when she was in college and she was being filled by a university who was asking me to help them build a library. Um, they were at the same time, they were holding rallies against yeah. me saying I was a bigot and racist, yeah. but um, uh, they, uh, the idea of gay marriage, I've never been against cause I just don't think the government has yeah. any place in it. Okay. I'm not going to tell you, you can't get married. Don't tell my church that I have to marry. You know and I'm mean? not going to force you to marry a dude. Right. We're good. We're good. We're good. Um, and I said to my daughter, I said, I agree that gay people can be married. Whatever. Government is the issue there. Mm-hmm. But everybody was making this about the government and, you know, uh, and, and then it was twisted into not definitely not the government. Mm-hmm. It's love. Well, of course, love always wins. Okay. However, I told her at this at the start I said, "Honey, we're not talking about gay people. We're talking about organizations that are making money, yes. and want power. So it's not gay people." And I said, "You watch. This will erode all of these things, okay?" And so I just did, just off the top of my head, we had gay marriage Then you had to then you were sued if you didn't make a wedding cake. Then you were sued if you wouldn't take a picture. Then we had the non-gender bathrooms in Target. And I remember having the argument going, really, how many people does this affect? Really? And we were only talking about the bathrooms right then. Um, Then we we uh, had abortion gone from safe and rare to shout your abortion, post birth uh, abortion, right? Mm -hmm. Post birth abortion. Then I don't know anybody who doesn't have compassion for Caitlyn Jenner and anyone who's living their life going through those things in their head. Totally. But we went from forget about passion. She's beautiful, right? Right. She's beautiful, right? The most beautiful woman you've ever seen. Right. Um, Now to there is no gender to teaching our children in kindergarten about transgender when they don't even understand what any of it means mm-hmm. all of it is just we're i mean i think this slippery slope thing we can finally say yes it's real it's real
1: it's real and that gets back to what i said about the failure of liberalism the tolerance of intolerance But they used, let's put it this way. Where did you want the slippery? Where did you want this to end? You wanted it to end. I can't put words into your mouth, but I think I know you well enough. Where did you want all this to end? You want it to end with equality for everyone, right? Yeah, That's what you wanted. And gays got there. The second the Supreme Court dealt with the gay marriage thing, there were no laws in America that stopped gay people from doing anything. You could enter the exact same uh, contract that a straight couple, a heterosexual couple could. And then if there had been any ancillary things that were still around or maybe in some states or whatever, Mm -hmm. then we should look at those things. Mm -hmm. But in essence, there was nothing left. Mm But they couldn't leave well enough alone. And you brought up that there's a machinery here. Right. There are organizations, the Human Rights Campaign and GLAD, and these things. Yeah. You know, uh, Chris Rock did uh, a joke in one of his specials from 20 years ago. The cops need a certain amount of crime, meaning yeah. they need a certain amount of perceived hate, because yeah. I don't even think it's really hate. I can tell you after touring for the last two weeks and sold out shows all over the country. My audiences are conservative. I'm being given baby gifts everywhere I go. Mm -hmm. Ron DeSantis sent me two baby onesies after I met him. I mean, this is the guy Mm -hmm. who's the poster child for homophobia in America right now. Our friendship, like, these things are not real, and that's not to say that people aren't entitled to their own religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Of course they are. And I believe in religious liberty and I would never force a church or a synagogue yeah. or a mosque right. to have a gay wedding. Although ironically, Ilhan Omar goes to a mosque where obviously they don't perform gay weddings, but somehow she doesn't, that doesn't really get talked about mm-hmm. for whatever reasons, right? So, so you're right about the slippery slope because they couldn't leave well enough alone. And this is the challenge of America right now. Once you get to equality, they flipped it on us and they said equity, And that's the problem.
0: So, so what, because I've been thinking about this a lot. I I have a lot of gay friends and none of them are freight train crazy, you know, on, we got to teach your three-year-old that he might be a girl. (sighs) No, I don't know any gay person personally now. I mean, you know, I'm not hanging out with people who are generally socially (laughs) liberal, so it's not a surprise. But,
1: but but that's but what your gay friends are exposed are uh, expressing is what most people
0: think. Right. Yeah. So, so because I felt that was true, I think gay people, cause I know a lot of gay people who were for gay marriage, wanted that to go through, celebrated that yeah. thought it was great, but they were also like, can we calm down a bit? Yeah. You know, can we just calm down? Um, and now that it's, I mean, it's bat crap, crazy what's going on now. Yeah. Where are the the strong opinionated um, uh, gays who are not necessarily um, uh, conservative that will just stand up and go, can we stop? They're there,
1: but they're afraid. And that is the virus that we've been confronted with, right? The virus that has infected everything has been a virus of fear that good people just don't stand up and say the right thing. If you were to go back to the Stonewall riots in the 70s, what were the people rioting about? They weren't rioting so that they could teach gender identity to three-year-olds and five-year-olds in schools. They were rioting because, A, they, they wanted equality in terms of marriage, but it was really because they wanted to be able to go to bars that weren't underground where the cops were going to come and arrest mm-hmm. them for having consensual relationships with adults. So if you were to say to the average say 25 year old who was in West village, 1977 at the Stonewall riot. If they were being honest, Hey, what were you, what were you upset about then? Well, we wanted equality. That's what everyone would say. Now, if you were to take that person and now they're, you know, 65 or something, I would hope that that's what they would be saying, but they're probably just not saying it that loudly, but it's, it's this, I I have
0: no good answer for this. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's a tough one because conversations, do you hear it among your gay friends? That like, this is crazy that there's no such thing as a man or a woman. That's crazy.
1: Of course. Of course. Because also, you know, the next part of this is that it's, it's actually, the trans thing is actually rabidly anti-gay. I think we might've discussed this once, but if you were to take a five-year-old boy and let's say he's a little more effeminate. So instead of playing Uh with GI Joe or transformers. Which, by the way, I played with and, and then I'm gay. OK, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But but so there are you know, there's all sorts of people. There are there are heterosexual men who are more effeminate and more loving and whatever. But they happen to be straight. And then there are gay guys who are out in the woods wrestling I bears. <laughs> I know guys. I have friends that are yeah.
0: like, come on, man. Yeah, come on. You, I mean, really, you're not gay because yeah. they're very flamboyant. No, they're not. They're straight. And that's, that's a beautiful thing. <laughs> right. that
1: you, you're not going to believe it, Glenn. Humans are a really rich Shut tapestry of all up. kinds of craziness. Wow. It's nuts, right? Huh. The human condition is really complex. Yeah, shouldn't and stereotype. All, it's put wild. Yeah, crazy. Uh, but, but really think about this. So now you take a five-year-old, a five-year-old in 2022, and this five-year-old plays with Barbies and is a little more effeminate, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. What would happen to that kid in school now? We know which is that the teacher most likely would encourage, or even the parent would encourage them to start talking about gender identity. Oh, oh, you're, well, you are a boy, but you you Mm -hmm. feel like a girl, don't you? And then blah, 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 we're two years down the road, we're four years down the road, and Abigail Schreier wrote an incredible book about this, Irreversible Damage, that then they are literally transitioning this boy into being a girl with puberty blockers and the rest of it, and then ultimately it will lead to chemical castration and the whole thing. And most likely... What that boy was, was just going to grow up to be hopefully a functional gay man. And that's it. So it's actually anti-gay. I mean, that's the it's thing. It's also
0: anti-women. And, and
1: it's anti-women because you've got yeah. Leah Thomas. Yeah. Who, who, by the way, has male genitalia still. Yeah. And have you seen the time lapse? I mean, people show you all sorts of videos with her. There's an inc- oh. Did you see it? Mm-mm. There's a time lapse where they show you the race. So, you know, there's just a camera on the race. And when you see the time lapse, how... Sh- he, she, whatever, is just blowing past all of those women. You're like, it's, you know, we all know it. That's the thing. Yeah, we know it's, it's not
0: right. You know, if if this isn't about being transsexual or different, in if this were reversed and girls said, and I'm sure there are, but I want to play football, I wouldn't care at all if they wanted to play football. What I would say is, can we protect her? Right. Because she's, mo- I mean, she may be built differently, but probably not. Those I see in a high school with my son playing. And I'm like, that guy yeah. is enormous. He's going to kill you. Broken arms, broken legs, broken ankles. That was last season in my son's little school. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Girls are physically not as big As as boys are, it's just reality. It's reality. It has nothing to do with anything. So why is it? Why can't I say that to protect my daughter? And why do I have to uh, not protect my daughter there or protect my daughter over here? She's worked her whole life. She doesn't have a chance to win against this person.
1: Where does this all end? You know where this ends? This ends with a washed up. I kid you not. This is what's going to happen within two years. There is going to be a washed up six foot seven NBA player who is a marginal two point a game scorer who Mm -hmm. barely got off the bench, who is going to say, I am a woman. And you know what's going to happen? He's going to play in the WNBA and he's going to score 45 points a game in 20 minutes, crush all the women. And then the modern feminists will applaud as women are being dunked on by a very average athlete. But, but but again, when you go to the slippery slope thing, you just have to take it all to its logical conclusion. That is the logical conclusion of this. If you believe that your mental state, whatever you feel in your head, right. overrides your biology, and that's not to deny, I, I can only imagine, because because I can only imagine what, what that would be like to feel, to truly feel that you were in the wrong body. I, I I can't, I really genuinely can't imagine it, but that doesn't mean we should sacrifice everyone Mm -hmm. else in the name of whatever is going on with you. But we've, unfortunately, with all the trophies and everything else, we've raised a generation of people that think the world has to bend to them as opposed to having to fit into a very complex world.
0: Um, uh, There was a story that came out about a sheriff in Florida. I'm, I'm sure you saw it. I'm trying to remember what city it's in, but there was a string of burglaries. This guy, this burglar has been knocking off houses for like 10 years and they keep arresting him. They lead him out and he knocks off houses again. Well, he last few days last week was um, in a string of burglaries and he he hit like four or five houses. One of the homeowners was home and shot him, but didn't kill him, but shot him. OK. And um, the sheriff comes out and they've arrested this kid. He's 21. He's got a crime record since he was 13. Um, And the sheriff said, uh, look, we don't know which homeowner shot him uh, because I think that they think they did something wrong. But in this county. The residual rate of a dead burglar is zero. (laughs) And um, I cheered for what he was saying. He's like, you know what? If you don't mind, you did nothing wrong. You know, you have all the right if they're in your house to shoot them. Uh, And the only thing I would say is come to our shooting classes on uh, Saturday because you would have saved the taxpayers a lot of money on this guy. And that's horrible to say. However, this is the Yellowstone factor. We watch you watch Yellowstone. Yeah, I don't.
1: I don't. Oh, I know. I know it's on the list. I know. It's on the list. So, so yeah.
0: you watch Yellowstone yeah. and these guys are killers. The yeah. family, they're mobsters. Okay. Yeah. Um, however, it's all couched in common sense. Yes. You know, the government's not going to do anything. You know, they're going to come in here and take our land. You know what that's about. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so. America is coming to this place and Hollywood knows it. Yes. America is in this place where we, we are not at the place where we are taking it into our own hands, but we're at the place where we look at people and go, yeah, damn right. Good for you. Good for you.
1: I know a hell of a lot of Hollywood liberals who would not want me to say their name right now. That bought guns in the last two years. A whole bunch of people that I'll tell you after that <laughs> would shock you, but it wouldn't shock you because you know that these. At the end of the day, people do usually, what they, they they do what they're forced into doing. Yeah. If if they can't get there on their own, at some point when the riots going by your fancy house in Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. you might go ah. You know, I keep calling the police, and nobody's showing up, or yeah. we have defunded the police, or whatever else. But you know, the, the Yellowstone thing. Although I didn't see it, I know a bit about the show, yeah. and it sort of reminds me of The Sopranos in a sense. Because yeah. why do you love Tony Soprano, and mm-hmm. why do you, why do we love mafia? Every, mm-hmm. ma- I mean, Goodfellas is yeah, probably yeah, yeah, my yeah. favorite movie of all time. Casino, right. you know, all the movies, right? Godfather. Why do we love these characters? They're doing horrible things. Yeah, horrible things. They're murdering all right. sorts of people. They're selling drugs. They're doing all sorts of illegal stuff. But there is a code that they're living
0: exactly by. Exactly right, and that's but a hell I of a think, lot
1: better than no code. Did you, you know? see?
0: Did you see that Putin? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, that there was several suicides of entire families. Yes, of yes, I, okay, yes. Quite suicides. rather yeah. extraordinary. <laughs> right. <laughs> what a trend that is. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought to myself, you know, this is a horrible thought. But when did the mob kill children? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There, we like these people because. Leave the family out of it, man. Leave the family. This is business. You know what I mean? Well, look, there's a there's
1: a silver lining in what you're saying right there, because now they're going after the kids, right? Mm-hmm. So the left's going after the kids. When they're literally, I mean, did you see the video just in the last day or two? Joe Biden said, when your kids are at oh, school, yeah. they're they the, yours. What do you say? They're yours, meaning they're yeah. the teachers. Yeah. I'm not a parent yet, but I know that is not true. No, it is not And there true. is no way in high mm-hmm. hell that I will ever send my nope. child. So that's where I think the overreach, look, the overreach led to Glenn Youngkin. Glenn Youngkin was not supposed to win, and it was only until two weeks before the election that he said, no more CRT, no more of this BS abusing do you our see kids. see that
0: yeah. in a national level? I see that locally, but I see the Republicans doing nothing. I mean, this is the greatest opportunity yeah. ever, and know, they should be saying- this, we're going to we're going to dismantle the Department of Education. Uh, we're going to, you know, do these investigations and actually someone will pay for it. And one of those is what the hell happened during covid? Yep. You know, they could really make some common ground that I think a lot of Americans would agree with.
1: So when you say they, I think the missing piece to the day and I think we'll find out probably within the next th- three months, something like that, is there's no leader of the Republicans right now. There's no true leader. Is Trump still the leader or has the ship sailed on that and it's going to be DeSantis or or it's going to be something else? So there's no fully formed message. But you're right. The the contents of the message, we need the messenger still, but the contents of basic, get the government off my back. We're not going to go to lockdowns anymore. If you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. Vaccinations are not going to be mandated. Mm -hmm. Get rid of CRT. Get rid of the gender stuff. That is completely the winning message. And I think actually, what we're seeing now to get back to some of the Elon Musk stuff with Twitter is as now uh, suddenly guys like you and I, our followers are exploding suddenly. That's not. Isn't that weird? It's boy, that's that's awfully weird. Suddenly, that's this strange. guy buys the company. It's not even done yet, and mm-hmm. suddenly I gained a hundred thousand followers yesterday you know on is? Twitter. You know what it is?
0: I'm I just really, just that great. And people uh, yeah, we're just that great. I really think. Because if I were running a dirty company and I knew somebody was coming in and they'd expose me, I would say, you can't change it overnight. You <laughs> know what I mean? People. But just slowly change it and let those people. And that's what's happening. Hillary Clinton loses 100. Dave Rubin gains yeah. 100. What? Glenn,
1: when we find if, when and if. Well, let's say it's when and I and or it's if, but I hopefully think it's it's when meaning very soon. Um, When we find out what the level of manipulation is, if we fully get it, I think it's going to completely change the game. Do I've you always think said,
0: do I've, you think that that will be able to be forensically found?
1: Well, that's the question. And, and Elon's not stupid. No. Right? He, he ain't stupid. No. And he knew what he was getting involved in here. As I said, he could have sent his family to Mars and just checked out mm-hmm. altogether, or he could have bought Bora Bora and mm-hmm. put up a freaking wall around mm-hmm. the ocean and said, that's it. But he got into this fight. So he had to have thought 10 steps ahead, and he had to have had plenty of meetings with his top people. Guys, once we do this, we're gonna have access to all of the stuff. Who, who, where are the emails related to the Hunter Biden laptop? Mm-hmm. Who killed that story? Was it? Did it come from Jack at the time? Jack Dorsey. Does who he was care that
0: deeply about that? Do you think?
1: Well, it's going to care about him whether he cares about it. Meaning, he's in charge now. He stepped in it. Yeah. So he. I don't think he stepped in just like, oh, I'm for free speech. Let me just have fun. I think he stepped in knowing, man, the Pandora's box here. This is a Pandora's box of Pandora's boxes. So it's like, not only do you have to grapple with the, hey, Trump may want back on, although he's saying that he doesn't right now, but the emails related to the Hunter thing, I think there's some, there's some digital record in there. Did the government or the administration or somebody say to them, kill this story? And if they did, we got something major on our hands, although half the country won't believe it. So that's another problem.
0: So let me, let me ask you just two quick questions. Um, the um on Elon Musk he is deeply involved with NASA, yeah, he is deeply involved in global trade, China, the United states, the government I mean they can make his life yeah hell yeah and uh and I think they probably intend on it does he do you think he weathers that storm do you think he I mean I think he does yeah that he knows. I've just pissed off every really powerful person, company, and country
1: in the world. You know, they always say when you get FU money, everyone (laughs) always says, if I had FU money one day, I'd tell everybody what I think. And I have found, I know I, there are a few exceptions to this. I would say in, in my world, at least Peter Thiel, I would say, is someone that really is still fighting to the best of his ability against the system. That's right. Good. He's he, he stepped down from Facebook to fund candidates. The guy's got billions and mm-hmm. millions of dollars, again, could do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. does not need to be in the fight. But he is standing up for what he believes in as an outsider. Right. Right. Um, Look, you, Glenn Beck, you, you've got an awful lot of money. You don't you don't have to do this. This could be your retirement show if you want, right? Uh, but you you choose to fight. There are certain people, you're just wired to. I know you couldn't stop. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Even if, so, it's the same thing with me. If someone yeah. literally handed me, here's 100 million bucks, Ruben, get going. I know I could not stop. I could take a week. Mm-hmm. I could take a week in Hawaii. That would be yeah. fine. But I know I would be itching to get back. I think that's what's in him. So, But your question, though, is what can the machine do? Can they, can the SEC just endlessly get all of his other companies, Tesla and SpaceX to be investigated to oblivion and then break him down that way? Can they blackmail him? Can they make up shit about him? Mm -hmm. Can they, pardon my French, can they, I mean, the litany of things, of course they can do all of those things, but Cubans, we do things and we don't know why.
0: Yeah. We survive.
1: We do things and we're not sure why we're doing it. And then one day you're gone. You disappear. Yeah. And... But hopefully the legacy, right? Like it's the the legacy. You can kill a man, but not an idea.
0: So last question. We, we talked about Trump. Is Trump the future?
1: (sighs) I can tell you from being on the road for the last little bit where I do a lot, where I mess with the crowd and I ask them what they think about things and I kind of feel them out. Now I get my audience is somewhat self-selected, obviously. I think there's a sense that it's time to move on from the Trump thing. Not, not not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Like, Trump deserves a hell of a lot of credit. And, mm-hmm. and I think that one day, perhaps, if the world that we want to build comes to fruition, mm-hmm. he will get that credit. You mm-hmm. know, maybe the guy wants his name on a building or something, mm-hmm. right? I think he likes that. <laughs> I think definitely, no, that yeah, very...
0: A, that would be shocking.
1: A golden calf, perhaps, that says "Trump on it. Um, he, of course, but he, does, he did the thing that we're talking about for yep. this last hour. He was the model for the mm-hmm. thing. DeSantis doesn't show up and do the right thing if it isn't for Trump. Those of us that are fighting to the best of our ability. A guy look, neither one of us voted for Trump the first mm-hmm. time around, and then we did. Mm-hmm. I, I vaguely remember you with some Cheetos. I mean, oh yeah, I was uh, very angry.. <laughs> You know, that was very angry, right. But he did. He did something very good. But I can liken this back to uh, the Passover story that we were talking about before. What happens to Moses at the end? He didn't get to the promised land. And I think that Trump's story, maybe he had to do an awful lot of stuff, an awful lot of stuff to get us to the promised land. Meaning we're getting over the hump right now. We're not there, but we're on the way there. But maybe he doesn't. If if his promised land is the presidency again, maybe he doesn't get that. But what I would hope he could say, and this is this is for Trump's heart to figure out: could I run the rallies? Could I fight the media? Could I have all the fun and maybe get back on Twitter or do my thing with True Social and and fight for all the ideas, but just not be the guy? Could I be the bodyguard, in essence? Mm-hmm. Could I could I let someone else? And again, here is where I think it's the probably. But could I let someone else run through the middle? While I, can I be the, the linebacker you know, and, and, and basically create the room so the I, running back can go
0: right through? I will tell you that it will be hard for him to do that, I think. Um, but look how much it apparently bothered Obama being in the same room with Joe Biden, yeah. where Obama just Man. took over and embarrassed, embarrassed. Joe Biden. Yeah.
1: But you know what I keep saying? We're not fighting the best. Right. No, if, no, if, the, not. if the people we're up yeah. against right now are Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi and Jen Psaki. Right. There's a they're lot of not. machinery. There's, I get it. The
0: machinery is
1: brilliant. My friend with the blackboard with yeah. the at All Times knows all yeah. about the machinery. But yeah, just know the story, the story of yeah. one man versus the machine, David versus Goliath. Why, why does it feel true to all of us? Mm-hmm. Why do we think it's true? Do you just think, the, no, the machine always wins. Evil always wins. No, I don't either. So I guess we got to run with that.
0: I love talking I love to you. you, man. I love you too. Name of the book is Don't Burn This Country, Surviving and Thriving in Our Woke Dystopia by Dave Rubin. Dave, thank you. Just a reminder...